I don't know if you noticed the verse in the hymnal on that last hymn that we sang, Luke 18, 13, the latter part of that says, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. Thank God for His mercy. Uh, We'll be in Psalm 127. Hopefully that was clear enough for y'all. I was still getting heckled about that when I came in the church tonight. So, but did you guys know that if a bear puts socks and shoes on, he still has bare feet? I don't know. I, I saw that joke a while ago, and I, I just can't quit chuckling about it. <laughs> uh, I figure if I'm a walking blooper, I might bring some of these things up sometimes. <laughs> so... Uh, Psalm 127, if you would stand with me in honor of reading the Word of God tonight. (coughs) We'll read the entirety of the chapter. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children, or so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy in the gates. Father, tonight we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we can come together in fellowship and to encourage and strengthen one another, and we ask that you would do the just that in our midst tonight that we would be encouraged and strengthened from your word, that we might be better laborers for you. And Lord, we will certainly give you the glory for all of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There's a lot of things in life that people desire. I would say most, if not all, people people, getting a rough start here. I don't even have water. Uh, Desire a good family, good family life. I know I do. Uh, certainly, perfect, uh, Lord help me, protection, uh, security, uh, we might say, and uh, I know we would want to be successful in our work, in our labors. Uh, who doesn't want to be successful at war? I spent the better part of my life up to this point in the military, and I joined the Air Force in September 11th, happened while I was in training. And while I was in Kuwait on my last deployment, we left Afghanistan. So the entirety of my career, we were uh, in, a, in a state of war. And um, so certainly we would desire victory there. And, and I trust that you desire to please God in our worship as a church and a congregation. And these are things that, that are good. And, and we ought to desire these things, I believe, uh, specifically with our families. And, and, uh, and so tonight, as we consider the, our text... I want you to notice in the first two verses, we'll read those again. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waiteth, but in vain. Uh, Here we see, I think the key note is the word vain. It's used three times in these verses. The psalmist's theme is human enterprises without the blessings of God are vain. Uh, We certainly need God. We need to look to God in all of our dealings in everything that we do, and how much more important than in our homes and in our churches. 
And, uh, and listen, if we fail to acknowledge God in our endeavors, it's vain, the Word of God tells us. Uh, really, you're just spinning your wheels. It's a waste of time, we might say. Uh, and I think this psalm is possibly written by Solomon's pops. So that's very affectionate. I could call my dad pops, and so that means a lot to me when I say that. I'm not trying to be irreverent here, but uh, I think it's very possible. I, there's a lot of varying opinions on who wrote this psalm, but uh, it would make sense for David to write this. Well, a song of decree, well, that's twenty verse, chapter 24. It says, a song of decrees for Solomon. So in any case, it was written for Solomon. And whether it was uh, penned by his, his dad, David, or, or not is is really not that important because we know it's inspired by God. Yes. And so ultimately we understand that. But um, what more of a person to, that needs to understand that if we do it on our own brain power, it's vain, than the wisest man that ever lived? Certainly he would be prone to lean to his own understanding, I would think. Uh, aren't we prone to do that? Uh, we go about things and we... Uh, lean to our own understanding, we come up with plans and ideas, and we trust in our own wisdom, and uh, how foolish of us to think we uh, know how to order our steps. Uh, if Solomon could not do that, yeah, I think I got, I'm in a deficit, for sure, when it comes to brain power. And so we understand that not all labor succeeds. There is vain labor. Uh, if we trust in ourselves, we are certainly destined to fail. Uh, in this psalm, there are several examples provided, um, and, and we certainly we could go uh, through the scriptures tonight. I have a large portion of my notes highlighted because I'm probably going to cut them out. Oh, thank you, brother. That's good. I've got to wet this whistle, and maybe it'll prevent some of my slips. You get up here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, pastor makes it look a lot easier than. But let's consider our families tonight. Uh, I trust you desire to have a good home, a godly home. And uh, there are blessings of being part of a family. And uh, we, Cindy and I were talking on the way in tonight. Some of those blessings are kind of waning. Uh, the tax deductions aren't there anymore. <laughs> we just got a couple of mooches at this point. And, uh, <clears throat> but the truth is we love our children. And uh, we pray for our children. We want God's blessing on our children. Uh, I pray for my boys often. I pray for our church families. Uh, life isn't easy. It's challenging. Um, now, we can live victoriously. We can be successful if we would order our lives around God and His Word. Uh, but sometimes I think we get a little apathetic in that. We just kind of go along and go along, and we, we think we're doing all right. And so... Really, tonight is just going to be a reminder for us that we would always remember that except the Lord build, it's in vain. And Cindy and I, when we were young, not too long ago, uh, 
we had, I think we had all three of our kids at the time, at least the two. Um, Carter the Surprise showed up, but um, we were in a church in, in Spokane, Washington. Well, Greg Boyle's church, you guys have met him. He's a good guy. Um, pray, actually, pray for Mrs. Boyle. She's in a, a rehab facility right now. Uh, she has some some herniated discs in her back, and so I do pray for her. But uh, and Pastor Boyle, I think, is away preaching in a, a meeting out of, uh, in Tennessee. But um, we were in that church, and we were a part of a Sunday school class, and it was the home builders class. Uh, Rick Donnelly was our our teacher. There were foundational things in that class that I learned that carry me to this day. Rick Donnelly is one of the most kind and, and a gentle. He's a great teacher. And, uh, I, and this was the theme verse of that class, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. And, and we were taught that God needs to be the center focus of everything you do in your family. To include getting your kids in church. And uh, Mrs. Boyle, uh, listen, there's aged folks in the church that we can learn from. Uh, and so if you're up in years, don't get discouraged. You, you have value. You can be a blessing. You can be an encouragement. Uh, and listen, young folks, you need to listen to the aged folks in the church. Uh, that's biblical. Read Titus chapter 2. Uh, but Mrs. Boyle, she... <clears throat> So you guys don't know the side of Mrs. Boyle that, that Cindy and I do. She's a little bit of a firecracker. And I don't think she'd be mad for me saying that tonight. But she always said that when it was time to train your kids, you got to train them to be in church. And their kids would throw fits sometimes if you want to drop them off at the nursery or the Sunday school class. And she said, nope, this is your class. This is your part of church for this service. And and uh, those are the kind of things that we learned from the Boyles and the Donleys when we were young parents trying to navigate life. And uh, your kids ought to know that church is important. Right. And they ought to know that there's a place for them at church. Um, and we, we really do have a blessed church here. We have, we have classes for all ages, we say. And it's true. And uh, our teachers love our their students and they're praying for them and preparing for them and so I encourage you to take advantage of those things but <clears throat> here some people make the argument that the word house they suggest it refers to the temple or to the house of God I, 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 I think the context of the entirety of the chapter indicates it's easily referring to the family I don't think there's any question in my mind and and uh, I know there's some people that have this argument about you got to have a large family that's the godly thing to do. Well, if God blesses you, go for it. I got three and I'm tapped out. And maybe it's because of the three I have. But my sister has eight. Well, her oldest is out of the home now, but um, that's a lot of youngsters. And, uh, but certainly it is a blessing to have a quiver full. The Word of God would say that, but that's not the reality for everybody. 
Uh, God doesn't give everybody a, a family or a large family. And uh, so to imply that if you don't have a large family, it's a curse would be wrong. Uh, because our marriages and our individual lives still need to be ordered around God. In the house of God, in church, in the things of God. And uh, listen, the Apostle Paul gives the encouragement to stay single. Uh, <laughs> better man than I. And I say that sincerely. First uh, Corinthians 7, 7, For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after his this manner and another after that. Listen, God has not given us all the same lot. We don't all have the same circumstances. And so what I would tell you tonight, whatever your family is, thank God for it. Uh, and do all that you can to invest God into that family that God has given you. Um, you can look at 1 Corinthians 7 sometime. Um, but at the end of verse 35 in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, it says this, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. And he's, the context of that is talking to those people that don't have a family, those people that remain single in those things, and, and they don't have to be concerned with the things of this world to, to meet the needs of their wife or their husband. And so certainly I would say that those that have a small family or maybe even don't even have a, a spouse, you could possibly serve the Lord in a greater capacity. But what you must do is focus your life on the Lord, just as the family person ought to focus their life on the Lord. And so tonight, I just want to encourage us to focus on the Lord. Uh, without God's involvement, our effort will fail. I don't think there's any question. And, and it's necessary that we invoke God's blessing on our efforts. We need to ask God for His help. We need to look to His Word for direction and guidance. Uh, we don't need man's wisdom for our families. Look at the families of the world. You don't have to look very far. and I mean, you just Google the studies of, of the broken homes and the difficult circumstances. And, and uh, we, don't, we certainly don't need man's wisdom. They, they dress it up and make it look attractive. Uh, but the end of, thereof are the ways of destruction. It's not leading to anything uh, that would be a blessing. And so we need direction from God's word. And so, men, I urge you, to lean on Scripture for how you ought to treat your wife and raise your children. Get in the Word of God and study those things. You have a responsibility as the, the leader of the home to do those things. And, and for you ladies, I would uh, look to the Lord and how you respond to your husband's leadership in order the things of the house. Uh, you have been given the responsibility to keep the home. And for those of you that were in Sunday school when we were going through the book of Titus, it really comes down to this fact. We can either agree with how God has ordered us to establish our homes, or we can disagree. But the reality is God has said that ladies ought to keep the home. And, and that is simply what it means. You don't need a lexicon. You don't need a really even a dictionary. To keep the home literally means just that to take care of the things of the house. And, and so, and, and that's not a negative thing. That's not a lesser position. Uh, and, and listen, honestly, I, we would not be where I am today in my family if it wasn't for my wife. <laughs> my goodness, and I think every man in the room here would probably have a similar testimony. 
that without a faithful wife and a, and a godly wife that supports... Listen, I've made some bad decisions over the years. My boys never knew. What a blessing. There is nothing dishonorable about operating our homes how God intended. And so don't ever let the world tell you otherwise. And and I don't know what your burdens are today. I don't know what the challenges of your home are today. But I'm telling you, look to the Word of God and look to the house of God. You don't need to look further. You don't need the interweb. You don't need FacePlace and Instagram and Snapchat and whatever else is out there to find your guidance for how to order your home. The Word of God says the age women can teach the younger women. Yeah. God has established a program that works and is effective if we would just align ourselves to it. And so what am I telling you tonight? Be careful where you look for wisdom. Be careful where you look for guidance for your home. Be careful. And and you really don't need to look any further than this and a good God-loving and and Bible-preaching church. Listen, there's people that have been through the hard life here that can tell you how not to do it, and there's some people that have done it right that can say, hey, this is what worked for me. But sometimes we just need to open up, admit that we might be struggling, admit that we have questions, and understand that there are people that have been down the road we've been down. And uh, that can be hard to do, but we need to do it nonetheless. There's a wealth of knowledge here in the church for you and your family. And I would say this tonight, it ought to be the first place that you turn. Listen, we have a pastor that loves his people. He's ready to help. He wants to help. Man, I'm I'm feeling fiery tonight. What, What I would say is, do your part though. Be here, listen, and apply. And you might not need to be in the office. Now, he's there. Listen, you need help. He's there. He, he, he's willing, but what I'm telling you is that maybe if you got a little more proactive in your life, you might save yourself from some woes. But also, there are some people that make their families an idol. So we don't want to put our family over God. Right? Those, that would not be good. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10.37. You know, we always got to seek God first. Put Him first in our lives. And listen, if each family member does such, wow, what kind of home do you think we could have? If, if dad's seeking the Lord and mom's seeking the Lord, and listen, them children are seeking the Lord. You, could, you kids can do that. It's not all about just obeying mom and dad because they're a boss. Now they are, and you ought to obey. And that's, just, that's, that's Scripture, and, and God will hold you accountable if you don't. But the reality is you can seek God yourself, youngster. Man, read the Bible, pray. Uh, man, could you imagine a family that had everybody that had God as number one in their life? What a blessed family. Boy, and if the reality is if we're not doing that, it's vain. We're just wasting our time. And, and so we also see in, in the scripture here in, in verse 2, or in verse 1, the latter part, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Listen, we all want security. 
Nobody wants to live in violence and, and be concerned. But the reality is God doesn't allow that to happen. I can't think of uh, any, a better example but the Skeens and just geographically where they're ministering. It's a dangerous place right now. Uh, they can consume themselves in worry or they can trust God to keep them. Uh, certainly this is why ancient cities had walls. We desire security. We desire protection from harm. And, uh, and I would even say for the men especially tonight that providing security for your home is one of your responsibilities. You know, the Word of God says that if a man doesn't provide for his house, he's worse than an infidel. I think we could put the security and protection of our homes in that category. Uh, I don't think that would be wrong. Uh, however, true security requires God's protection. Uh, unless God is our guard, I have efforts to protect are vain. Listen, I'm a gun-toting American. I got guns at my house, and I believe in the Second Amendment. But that is not where our security is. And I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have as Americans, but we need to understand that uh, we need God on our side. Uh, except the Lord keep the city. We can watch, we can worry ourselves so much about all this stuff. Uh, and if he's not there, it's, it's not going to matter. Boy, you can provide locked doors, all these fancy security systems. Cindy and I went through uh, Sam's Mart yesterday. That was intentional, by the way. Sam's Club. And there's a whole, like, row of just security stuff. Security cameras and, you know, doorbells that you can talk to people on and, and all this stuff. It's like we're consumed with this today, I think. Um, and, you know, every uh, police uh, crime that you hear about, they go around knocking doors. You got a doorbell that recorded these people. You got cameras that we can look at and they're always trying to, it's because everybody has it because they're so consumed with security. And what I've come to understand is it really doesn't matter. They're going to come in, break your house, open your door, take everything you have and then you're going to see them on the, the camera and it's probably so digitized you can't make out who it is so it doesn't mean anything. But, but praise the Lord we got a camera. <laughs> Listen, we need to be careful what we're looking to. True security comes from God. And so while we provide these locked doors and all of our fancy security systems to today, uh, we need to remember we need God. Turn, turn over to Psalm 121. Uh, it's on the same page for me because <clears throat> I got small text because I got good eyes. But... <laughs> People are always picking on me about my glasses. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Boy, talk about a good helper, the creator. My goodness. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Boy, he ain't going to fall asleep. He, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Listen, we need to understand that God is our true 24-7 watch care. Uh, he's not taking a nap. He's not getting tired. Uh, we can make ourselves anxious with our concerns for safety. 
whence cometh my help indicates a troubled and anxious state of mind. Uh, A mind uh, that asks, where shall I look for help? And we know that the answer is found there. My help cometh from the Lord. In verse 2, do you believe that tonight? Do you believe God's on your side? Uh, I believe He is for the child of God. Don't be troubled about of these things. Are you a prepper? Anybody a prepper? George says a little bit, oh, we got one in the back. Pray for him. So, I know I give social media a hard time, but I have face place. And not too long ago, I, I came across Christian preppers. And uh, it's a group dedicated to, you know, how to, you know, can and, and keep food and all these kind of things. Build bunkers. It's, these, some of these people are whack, right? And... Uh, I couldn't help but think, because I listen, I'm not against being prepared. I did 20 years in the military, and all we did was talk about preparedness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I get so much readiness, and, uh, and you get sick of it, you know? It's like, well, nothing ever happens. But then when it does, you're glad that stuff was ready. But, but what am I saying? We can consume ourselves with something. And listen, did you know God can meet our needs even in the worst of circumstances? Actually, we heard an example of that this morning in the city that was under siege. And God took care of them. God provided and met their needs. What am I saying tonight? Don't consume yourself with these things. Uh, Seriously, there's a lot of people investing a lot of money, energy, and, and time into preparing for the apocalypse. It's not going to matter anyway. Listen, in my opinion, that's time we ought to be dedicating to getting to know our God. Looking to Him that we might grow and, and build our families. And again, if you've got an extra case of Top Ramen in your pantry, praise the Lord, you know. Uh, be prepared for something, but uh, I'm not against, I'm not saying we should live foolishly. Uh, but what I am saying is don't consume yourself with trying to ensure that your security is there. Trust God. Any labor to provide security without Him anyway is in vain. That's the word, the word of God says. It's going to fail. It's, it's a waste of your time and effort. What about our work? God would have us work with our hands. He put Adam and Eve in the garden to dress and to keep it. And they were put to work. Now, this is a side note. I, I found this on uh, another joke thing it was uh, this man said he's shocked at how God could take a rib and turn it into a loudspeaker (laughs) Adam and Eve (laughs) told my wife I'm feeling feisty tonight listen God put him in there to work Not to drink sweet tea, lounging on the beach. We're talking about building our families. You got to teach your kids to work. Uh, life is not all about recreation Amen. and sports Amen. and fun. I got two boys that are learning that now firsthand. 
can't live with me forever. <laughs> Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a blessing and, and help to my children as much as I can as, as God allows. That's not what I'm saying tonight, but listen, our kids need to understand that it's not just about fun and games. We must work. We must labor. I believe when we work hard, it honors our God. We see an exhortation about this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, in that you study to be quiet and do your own business. Boy, we could, do, we could settle right there tonight, huh? Anyway. And it says this, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Look what it says. That you may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. Our testimony among those that are without, those that are outside the house of God, those that aren't Christians that don't know Christ, can be negatively affected if we do not work as we ought to. Uh, I remember our youth leader when I was coming up, he said, the Christian ought to be the hardest worker on the job. And by God's grace, I tried to do that. Now, I wasn't always the smartest worker on the job, as attested by my public speaking abilities. But we ought to give our best. We ought to labor. Uh, If somebody hires you, you ought to put in a hard day's work for them. And our children need to understand the necessity of that. We can provide for other people because of our labors. Listen, there's people that can't work. There's people that, that maybe are uh, on uh, less uh, blessed, perhaps, than we are. And we can be a blessing and encouragement to them because we've labored and, and we've earned. And, and that's what Ephesians 4.28 says, Let him that steals, steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands uh, the thing which is good. Why? That he may have to give to him that needeth. Boy, the right example is to labor and to work so that we can be a blessing and a help to others. And so as you raise your children, I challenge you to teach them to work. They ought to be cleaning their rooms. Uh, And I'll tell you what, Cindy was much, she's wise. I think she's in that aged category now. And, uh, but I'll never forget, we uh, had our kids and, you know, she'd change a diaper and she could do it. 10 times faster than I did. And I always use that to my advantage. I'm like, here, you just do this. It'll be done. It will be. And so I didn't have to mess with it. I did change diapers, but uh, I mean, it was like she could do it one handed faster than I could do it with all my hands and my feet. <laughs> but she did not take diapers as soon as they were walking anyway, obviously when they're an infant, but she never took the diaper to the trash. That was always the kid's job. She gave that diaper to the boy and said, hey, Caleb, take that to the trash. And they did. She made him take their laundry to the hamper. Caleb, I don't, where is he at? He's here tonight. Yeah, he's not laying out. Caleb has a, he was a, a wee little lad when we were stationed at Fairchild in Washington. And he has memories of the house that we lived in there. And his one memory he always says that he has is the doorway at the end of the hall because that's where the laundry basket was. That's his number one memory of that home because mom demanded that he would take care of his laundry, that he would help around the house. Now, boy, I would love to have a three or four-year-old because to try to get a teenager to clean his room is a little more of a challenge, I think. I don't know what happened. I don't know. (laughs) 
Uh, some parents are saying, let's park it here. <laughs> but uh, listen, young people, you ought to help around the house. Uh, you dirty the dishes. And, and most of you, I'm sure your moms are laboring to cook a good meal. Uh, dad's providing, working hard. And, and so, uh, but listen, that needs to be taught in our homes. We need to teach our kids to work. And listen, we need to teach our kids to work and serve the Lord. Amen. Young people are some of the greatest assets in serving the Lord in our local churches. Uh, back in, uh, when I was coming up in the youth group, of course, you many of you know my, my testimony. I was uh, saved as probably a preteen. I was in seventh grade. And, and uh, my family, we didn't really go to church. But then when uh, I started to get in trouble, um, and my dad put me in the Christian school. And when God got a hold of my heart there, uh, I got baptized and, and started going to church. And in the youth group, uh, they always went out and knocked doors. And every year they would do a door knocking campaign. And, and the youth were always the number one door knocking group. Uh, and, of course, there were numbers to their advantage, right? You know, the senior saint group wasn't quite as big uh, and obviously not as able. Uh, but listen, young people can do a lot to accomplish the work of the ministry in a local church. And I'm thankful for the young people here. They, they, what a blessing to, to have young people that serve. Oh, here's a plug for VBS. It's coming. We need workers. Um, last week of June, mark your calendar. We're doing VBS. Brother Heiberg's coming again. But uh, the, the reality is we need to teach our kids how to serve the Lord. We would do our children a disservice if we taught them how to keep the home and mow the yard, fix the car, and not teach them how to walk with God and to serve the Lord in the local church. Uh, listen, and parents, it comes by example. You've got to step up and start serving so that you can bring your children along and uh, take your kids out. And what a blessing it is. I'll tell you what, uh, and I think Brother Benson has made a similar testimony. I remember when we had baby Caleb. Uh, and we would knock doors. People will answer the door because there's a baby there. <laughs> because there, or there's a young child. like, look at that cute thing. And that was even for Caleb. So you know that it's effective. <laughs> and, and with our young boys, I remember they would just walk up as toddlers and pass tracks out to people and invite people. Listen, our children can serve the Lord. Amen. But we have to be doing it ourselves that we might impart that to them. What am I telling you tonight? We need to order our lives around the, uh, the God that we say that we serve. And order our lives around the Word of God that we might be effective ministers. Listen, do you want to live a vain life? Except the Lord does the building, you're laboring in vain. You can weary yourself, you can wear yourself out, and you can think you have all the right answers and, and go about all this thing and have all the greatest things that the world has to offer. And it doesn't mean anything at the end. But if you allow God to direct it, it'll be a blessing. And God can use you. True success requires God's favor in our life. And God promises to pour out his favor in our life if we would just order our lives around him. Listen, the Bible tells us here in, in chapter or verse 2, it says, It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. 
I want to read some commentary. It's not too long here. This is what Albert Barnes says about this verse. It is vain for you to rise up early. The psalmist does not here say that it is improper to rise early or that there could be no advantage in it or that people would be more likely to be successful in their undertakings if they did not rise early. But that although this was done, they would be still altogether dependent on God. Mere early rising without His blessing would not secure what they hoped to accomplish. For everything is still in the hand of God. Health, strength, clearness of mind, and success are all under His control. And though early rising may tend to produce all of these, as it does in fact, yet still people are not the less dependent on God for success. Uh, There's a lot of self-help stuff out there, and many of them talk about the value of getting up early. And uh, listen, if God's not in it, it's not going to matter. You can weary yourself to death. You can get up early and stay up late. Here's what he says about to sit up late. To sit up late that you may labor or study. As in the former case, the psalmist does not express any opinion about the propriety or impropriety of early rising. So it is in the respect to this. He merely says that if it is done, this of itself will not accomplish the object. People are still dependent on God for success, though they do it. As a matter of fact, however, sitting up late has less tendency to promote success in life than early rising. Well, that's true. Teenagers, hopefully you heard that. But in either case, there is the same dependence on God. Listen, we need to look to God in all of our things. I love that he says he gives his beloved sleep. Don't wear yourself out. Just look to him. Uh, Trust him. Our our efforts will be little more than gathering and collecting for others otherwise. Uh, Ecclesiastes 2.26, For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up that he may give it to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Man, sometimes we just labor and it just somebody else gets it anyway. What does it matter? We must therefore not put our jobs before God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And listen, he'll take care of all the rest. He'll meet those needs. These are things that we ought to tell our children. And I think it rings more true for me because my children are preparing to leave my home. They're preparing to set the stage for the rest of their life and how they order themselves Are they going to put God first in their endeavors or are they going to seek the prestige of a career? Search out that almighty dollar. Uh, We need to be teaching our children that if they would put God first, He'll bless them. If we want to succeed, then we need to seek God. We need to succeed with Him first. (laughs) Listen, uh, otherwise your labor is vain. There's the highlighted part. It's time to go, so I'll skip that. You guys are a weary people sometimes, you know. <laughs> There's football on tonight. Some of you probably recording it, trying to get to the house. None of that's going to matter in eternity, I don't think. And I say that, and I watch football today. I enjoy watching football, so go Lions. Um, listen, we're encouraged to labor for the Lord in the church. We are encouraged to uh, labor 
like we've never labored before. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Look what it says here. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding. Always committed. We're unmovable. We're steadfast. We're committed to honoring God and serving Him as a congregation, as a church family. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Are you always abounding in the work of the Lord? Or is it just Sunday morning? Sunday, you guys are the Sunday night crowd. Some of you come on Wednesday night. But I urge you to be abounding. Uh, listen, you've got to put forth effort. You've got to work at it. Uh, a labor that God will never forget. This is interesting. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Do you know God's watching you, and, and he's not going to forget your labors? Uh, Lord, help us to labor as a congregation, as a church family. Uh, but labor doesn't come from labor alone, or success doesn't come from labor alone. God gives the increase. We've got to understand that. I know many of you know the, those principles in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where we see that there's those that water and those that plant, but God gives the increase. And, uh, but listen, we ought to be faithful to do our part and to labor in this church family. Uh, I talk about our families tonight, right? And so we individually have our own families, but corporately, we're one church family. And so we ought to be supporting and in, in, in working uh, with each other and and uh, <clears throat> he is the source of any sufficiency that we may have. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And so, church family, as we prepare to labor in the coming year together, I know striving together was the theme last year, but I trust we can continue to strive for the faith of the gospel together as a church family this year, we always need to remember that it's only of God and His sufficiency that we can minister and that we can order our families and our church family. So what am I trying to get across to you this evening? Well, simply this. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and that has the idea of uh, roll thy way upon the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Commit your way, your, your, your manner of life, your, uh, all that you do in this life, just commit it to the Lord. Give it to Him. It has the same idea, 1 Peter 5, 7, that we would cast all our cares upon Him. And we know we can do that because He cares for us. But we can lay all of our burdens, all of our challenges in life, all the struggles we have in our homes, all the, listen, we got struggles in the church sometimes. We can like give those to the Lord. We, we commit our way to the Lord. And He's going to be the one that blesses. You, have you committed your course of life? Have you committed your way to the Lord? Everything regarding the manner in which we live and all its results are to be committed to the Lord. Are you fully committed to Him tonight? Give yourself over to Him. It says, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. That means He shall do it. That's comforting to know. 
that if you give it to God, he'll take care of it. He will bring it to a proper issue. He will secure happy results. He will take care of your interests and will not permit you to suffer or to be ultimately wronged. But we have to trust him. We have to commit ourselves to God and his word in ordering our life accordingly. Whatever our endeavor, whatever our labor, it will fail unless God is involved. Remember the words of the psalmist, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waiteth but in vain. Listen tonight, it's vain for you to rise up and to sit up late, rise up early and to sit up late and eat breads of sorrows for he giveth his beloved sleep. You don't have to lose sleep over these things. If you would just trust him and commit yourself to him. I like this prayer of Moses in Psalm 90 in verse 17. It says, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. He's saying, God, establish the work of my hands. What's he saying? God, I need you. I am going to labor. I am going to work. I'm going to invest in these things, these different areas of my life, my family, my church, maybe my job or, or his well-being. And, but God, I need you to establish it. I need you to bless it, God. And so tonight's message is really simple. It's a simple reminder of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Are you looking to God to establish you in all your labors today? If not, you are laboring in vain. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for your word and for the opportunity to gather together as a church family. And now as we come to the invitation time, I ask, Lord, that you would work in hearts. And, Father, I pray for a yielding people that would just submit to what you would have for them in their lives. And, Lord, I pray for your blessing upon our families. Lord, I know there's families in our church that are hurting. Lord, there's families that are struggling. They have challenges, Lord. And though we all don't know each detail of one another, Lord, it's comforting to know that you do know. And so I pray that they would commit their ways unto you. And Father, I ask for your blessing upon our church families. Lord, that you would work in the midst, that they'd be drawn near to you through whatever challenges they face and whatever glories they're rejoicing in. And Father, I pray that you'd bind us together in unity, that we would love one another and care for one another and pray for one another and that we would go forward preaching the gospel together. And we'll give you the thanks and glory for all of it in Jesus' name.